a good move. Why don't you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Yoo-hoo, running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden, an Aqua Teen Hunger Force exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am usually watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, but this week, we are talking to the multifaceted Nick Inkatanawat, described by Dave Willis as Aqua Teen's Swiss Army Knife. You've probably heard me mention Nick on the podcast in all sorts of different roles because he's done artwork, he's done voice work on the show, he's done music, he's done puppeteering, he even did some sewing on the show. Nick has had his hands in basically every aspect of the show's production. And beyond that, he was also a producer and editor, but he started on as a production assistant in 2003, and he hung on the entirety of Aqua Teen's run after that, and he even came back in 2022 with Aquadunk side pieces, Plantasm, and he is now involved in the upcoming season. Nick is somebody that I always really wanted to talk to simply because of how much he's done on Aqua Teen. But that's that's not all that we get into in this interview because Nick is a very interesting person, but also a very humble person. And I appreciate how open and honest he is in this discussion you're going to hear because he gets into his insecurities, especially early on while working on Aqua Teen. And he didn't just work on Aqua Teen because what makes his story interesting is before that, in 1999... He worked on Space Ghost as an intern while he was in college. So he comes back, starts working on Aqua Teen, and eventually works a little bit on Squidbillies when that comes out, Dave Willis's other show. He goes on to play a pivotal role in 12 Ounce Mouse, Matt Malero's other show, of course, being the voice of I on 12 Ounce Mouse. But in our conversation today, of course, we're getting into all sorts of stuff. Nick just brings tons of great behind-the-scenes stories. For example, the surprising outfit that Dave Willis would wear at the office, as well as the boobs that Nick had to dodge during his Space Ghost interview. And Nick even ends my age-old quest of finding out who is Judith Dre. Of course, thank you to Nick for being so generous with his time here and, and willing to be so open and honest. Thank you to Dave Willis for setting this up because otherwise I didn't know how to get in contact with Nick. So here it is, my conversation with one of the many unsung heroes of Aqua Teen, Aqua Teen's renaissance man, Nick Inkatanawat. As I'm sure you're aware, Aqua Teen was brought back for five new episodes, and uh, I'm just curious, first of all, if you are working on those episodes, are you involved in the project? Not as much as I used to be, because the editing workflow is different with Go Around. It's more like the movie, where we didn't make a whole animatic in-house. I don't know if people probably talked about that in length with you. Mm-hmm. Right, if yeah, you yeah. To any of the editors. Mm-hmm. Most of the elements in the animatic are made in the, um, the actual animation studio, and they just send us over video. So, like before, they would be like, "Oh, we need this prop. Will you just make it or sketch it or whatever?" And I would do that. But um, but now the animation does it. Like the animation studio does all that. Okay, so you're doing more of like a uh, traditional non-adult swim role as an editor kind of yeah they, they yeah they are i'm not editing so much as like i do like the music and music selections from our library that's funny i was just listening to a commentary this morning with you and it was for a spirit journey formation anniversary and in the commentary you mentioned that they told you to go through and find like progressive rock from the library and uh, it was not fun, you mentioned. <laughs> so it's funny now, like a few hours later, I'm hearing you like, yeah, I have to go and find the music uh, <laughs> from the library. <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier. It's so much easier now, though. Like, uh, probably at that time, you said Spirit Journey? Yeah, yeah. So that would have been like 2003. Yeah, like, used to, we would go across the street to uh, where all the other offices are from William Street. It's like, William Street's on one side of the interstate, and then like everything else in Turner is on the other side, basically. 
And so we'd go over there to like Turner Studios and the music library to get music. And, you know, there wasn't a website like we have now where we just can like, you know, audition stuff, you know, through a web browser, wherever you'd like, you have to go and there's, there's this guy, Jim Rich, and you have to sit next to him. He's like, okay, what sound effect do you want? And I'm like, all right, the squeaky rubber sound. And he'll like type that query in. And then there's like this thousand CD disc changer in the basement of the studio. <laughs> and, the, that, and one of those discs has that sound effect on it. And you have to wait for it to load it up in the carousel somewhere. And then like it finally comes up on the screen and then he'll audition all of them for you. and you pick the ones uh, uh, yeah and uh, that's kind of blows my mind and now now you're you're the one who gets to type it in now and i'm sure uh he was probably very upset when that technology came along yeah i mean he was maybe i mean he was maybe 10 years away from retirement oh okay at so the he, least yeah 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 he got out at the right time he did yeah he's a cool guy though he's like I don't know. I feel like he always wore Hawaiian shirts and had a big like gold necklace. I think he was living the life. <laughs> That's what I would hope a person like that would look like doing the, the sound library work. It's <laughs> awesome. He's cool. Like he sounds like a radio announcer when you talk to him. Jim Rich <laughs> and Matt and Dave always used to to joke that he was a nudist for some reason. <laughs> and it was just hilarious to think of. <laughs> At one time, uh, like one of you know, they gave me a sound effect lesson. They were like. All right, ask him for the sound of a nude man on a beach. And I was like, <laughs> "What?" He's like, "This one's from the personal file." And he winks at you. <laughs> they, would, they would do that shit all the time, just to like, you know, you keep, I don't know. You just have to like not take everything literally when right, you, right. When you work with them. You kind of have to be paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because uh, on the podcast, I will try and track down the music and stuff that you guys would use that made it to the episode. And there is a YouTube channel called Video Killed the Radio Star. And this guy is is doing that as well. So he has like all the production music that you probably had to go and get. Mm -hmm. And uh, so sometimes I'll look those up like on Discogs and things like that and see the vinyl records that like they were originally on from like the 60s and 70s and things like that that eventually made it into Aqua Teen. Oh, that's wild. I guess to take a step back then and and learn more about you, are you from Georgia originally? Yes, I was born in Georgia, Fayetteville, Georgia. I know that you went to Emory University, so I, I kind of assume that you probably were from there. But when you went to Emory, what did you go for? What was your major? Well, my mom was like, you know, I know you like drawing and stuff, but just be a doctor and you can do that on the side. You know, you can do that for fun. And I was like, okay, that's a great idea. And then I took like the intro bio class at Emory and just, I, I failed it. It was like the first time I'd ever failed a class. It was like, it was to weed out pre-med people and it worked. It worked really well. I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be a doctor. But that took a lot of pressure off me and I was like, really able just to kind of like what do I really actually want to do besides be a doctor <laughs> <laughs> so while you were in school then at Emory you changed your major then I, I assume yeah yeah I went to English because it was pretty I don't know versatile I guess because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do you know and it's dumb to give all that pressure to a a kid like a, yeah like an 18 or 19 year old like okay everything you do now affects the rest of your life then you you graduated then with an English degree? Yeah, yeah, and a studio art minor that was, which I say is useless, but it, I don't know, it was really more useful than I thought because, like, in the studio arts department at Emory, they had like TV, video, and photography class, which I don't know how you can get through all those in one class, but the guy that ran it had like a video production house of his own on the side. He was always looking for interns, and so I interned there and that's where I learned like After Effects and Photoshop, mm -hmm. which kind of came in really handy later when I was working for Aqua Teen and stuff. The reason I was able to learn it is because the dot com bubble burst happened. Like while I was working in that video place and they did a lot of business to business videos and like corporate instruction videos and just, you know, everything went to shit. And so like the graphic designer and the, the video compositor and the video editor, they didn't have anything to do except teach me stuff. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, especially at that time, 
that is incredibly valuable because today, like you could, you know, torrent the program and watch a YouTube video and then probably start to pick things up. But at that time, I'd imagine, mm -hmm. you know, the software was probably way more expensive than it is now. And just finding yeah. out how to learn it was like, a, you know, very difficult process. Or even having a computer fast enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To run it. You know, nowadays you can get one pretty cheap. But back then it was like a whole thing, you know. Right. I, I saw that uh, in 1999, you started on as an intern on Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Mm -hmm. So before that point, had you watched Space Ghost? Like, were you familiar with the show? Yeah, I watched it, like, for sure, here and there. I didn't, like, consciously sit down to watch it. I think it would just come on. And I'd be like, oh, there it is. Awesome. You know, I didn't, I wasn't paying enough attention. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, well, that's but... that, no, I can relate. That's how it was for me, like, with Aqua Teen, because I was younger and i'm just like oh the things on them that i like awesome but mm -hmm. I, I didn't think to like seek it out really no 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 yeah i was i was you know a casual viewer but I, I really loved it when i saw it it was it was so funny you know like so weird like nothing like it you know there wasn't youtube right right just people were making random stuff this was like everything you saw that was video was really really curated back then you can't just like see anyone's random stuff Right. So to see something that weird and like cheaply made and on broadcast television was just really interesting, mm -hmm. you know? Well, plus you being from Georgia, were you aware that it was made in Georgia? Yeah. At the end of the show, it have like, you know, you can write, you know, Ghost Planet Industries and have, whoa, that's an Atlanta address. That's pretty cool. And I, I didn't really think about that hard because like, I thought it was, you know, it's Fayetteville. I was like so far removed from you know, the glitz and glamour of Atlanta. <laughs> the big city. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like how I got involved with that internship was like, you know, I didn't know what I was going to really do after college. So while I was there, I like, I went to the career office or whatever, you know, the career center and I flipped through all the available internships. because I heard that's what you have to do to get a job after college. And like they have a literal like file cabinet that you go through and that was one of the flyers was the internship for space ghost i still oh, okay. have it somewhere oh really wow so it specifically was just like space ghost coast to coast like you knew the exact show mm -hmm. that you were okay interesting interesting yeah i mean that's the main thing going on there i think right yeah that would make sense when you applied for this did you really think that you were going to get it or not or was it just like yeah i'll just try and see or did you actually think that you had a shot did i think i would get it i, I didn't know honestly i just like i was like i gotta get this though this is awesome you know i i love the show and like if there's any chance i can get on there that'd be awesome well so, you know i was like who am i i'm, I'm nobody and this is space ghost so yeah i i interviewed for it <laughs> And the woman interviewing me, her blouse came open during the interview. And, and yeah, and it was like, I was like, oh, God damn it. Like, and you could see a little too much. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get this internship because if she notices this. And sure enough, she noticed. She's like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> happening. I'm sorry. And uh, I was like, that's okay. But, you know, like 21 year old me was awesome and maintained eye contact right, the sure. whole time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess it didn't really matter that much to her that her, her boobies were kind of out. <laughs> so, wait, so this was like an actual accident? Yeah, it was an accident. Oh, it's yeah. I, I assumed that like somebody was like pranking you to see how you would react. That's like, like that's how they would give you the job. I mean, that's how it felt. Right. It sure. Felt. I felt like, oh my god, someone's fucking with me right. or something. This is a nightmare. I want this internship. And why are her boobies coming out? <laughs> but it turned out fine, and it wasn't like awkward or anything. It never came up again. I was just like so relieved. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, because you're in that situation, like. I'm not doing anything wrong, but this might reflect poorly on me. Like if she notices, then she might have like bad feelings against me or something. Or yeah, yeah I mean, she just might be embarrassed. She's like, right. oh, I don't want to see that fucking guy again. He saw my right. movies a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. So you get the Space Ghost job. Do you remember like your first day on that? Do you remember what you had to go through to start working there? I don't remember the first day. Sure. I mean, you know, it was a lot of transcribing stuff. Like the interviews? Yeah, I did that. And then um, taking tapes across the street because, mm -hmm. like, our standards and practices um, offices were across the street, and so 
you know, this is way before we digitized video that was like small enough to, you know, send across the internet. That was not an option at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was always VHS tapes and they always had to be carted across the street. And, <laughs> oh, and the best part, I did this a lot. I did like, I answered Space Ghost fan mail. Oh, okay. And um, whenever someone wrote him, especially like, you know, a snail mail letter, he did have an AOL address. You could, you could AOL email <laughs> right. Space Ghost. But I would send them autographed uh, glossies of Space Ghost and Zorak mm-hmm. that I autographed. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to be Space Ghost and Zorak. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was really fun for mm-hmm. a 20-year-old to be doing that. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm Space Ghost. And, you know, and I would write them a little specialized letter about, you know, answering their questions, you know, in the voice of whatever character and right hopefully that made someone's day or they were like this isn't the real this is this space ghost <laughs> wouldn't say this yeah yeah or maybe they're like this is my most prized possession the space ghost autograph yeah yeah and george lowe i was like no those are me <laughs> i'm so sorry well, <laughs> well i mean i guess that's you know kind of like you got to have a little bit of acting experience doing that just you know writing in the voice of, of other characters that's probably not something you anticipated going into it i would imagine no, not at all. I loved that. It was like the most creative I got to be in the internship. And then, you know, aside from like, I, you know, I wrote an actual Space Ghost episode for my final project for the place. Because you had to have like a final project that you turn into them as part of, you know, like the college coursework or whatever, you know, so you could get credit. Yeah, so I turned in a script that I wrote and I'm sure it was okay, I guess. I had it somewhere. Like 10 years ago, they like, Someone came in my office and they're like, here's your file. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, here's your, here's your intern file from like 15 <laughs> years ago. It was like all the work you, you did here. We had it on file. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> all right. I've been <laughs> looking for this. Thanks. It was weird. And uh, yeah, and that was in there, that script and like just everything that I ever sent them. And the thank you letter I sent for my interview with Keith Crawford, who was oh, that's nice. the VP at the time. I was like, wow, this is neat. Uh-huh. Um, I still have all that shit somewhere. One time, going back to like, uh, you know, answering the fan mail. One time, like, I guess they were printing scripts or something, and Matt brought me one of the fan letters that I had written to someone. He's like, "Here you go. Here's your thing." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." You know, I was <laughs> I was like so shy and like, "This is Matt Lara," and 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 I was like, "Oh my god, did you read it?" I was I was like really embarrassed, you know. Oh no! You know because they're like the actual creators <laughs> right, and stuff, and right. I don't know. It was easy to embarrass me at that time. Okay, so you intern there, and then according to your IMDb, you don't pop back up again until 2003 when you start on season two of Aqua Teen, as well as Space Ghost Coast to Coast was running concurrently at that time. Mm-hmm. What did you do in that period between interning on Space Ghost and then getting back? into the uh, Adult Swim universe? I mean, that was that space right after college. You know, when, when I graduated in 2000, I was like, I was like, what the fuck do I do now? You know, like, while I was interning, they did interview me for a PA position. I guess it was for Aqua Teen. Oh, interesting. Basically. Or maybe it was Space Girls, I don't know. But it seemed like the timing would have been right for Aqua Teen because while I was there interning, I remember, you know, my office was like, I didn't have my own office. It was mm-hmm. <laughs> it was in the hall Damn. on a on an Apple IIe computer, mm-hmm. and like and then there was like this half wall, and then the other side of it there was like you know the hallway, and then the writers' room was like right next to me. You know, had a, it was closed off or whatever, mm-hmm. and like I would hear them doing reads for I guess it was Baffler Meal. Like I would hear them like yelling about, oh, I am Master Shake, blah 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 blah. I was like, what is Master Shake? What is this? <laughs> that's not that's not Space Ghost. Mm-hmm. You know what is what the hell is it? And it, it was like the people that worked on Space Ghost were doing these table reads, and uh, I mean that was funny to realize later that that was <laughs> right. You know, right, the beginning yeah. of Aqua Team was wow. like right there, happening right there next to me, and, and you're I just no like, idea. what? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh huh. And also funny was like Dave used to wear like bathrobes all the time in the office. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he wore when I interviewed him. I was kind of concerned, but I'm glad. Are I you serious? Him. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you couldn't see anything. It was very modest, but it was still like he was in a bathrobe. 
like so I that made him extra intimidating because I was like, wow, you you've got like the fucking juice to just wear whatever here and no one says anything. He's ascended. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and his, he's just like a really confident guy anyway. So mm-hmm. like, well, yeah. The closest you can get to having a rock star, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You know, right. So you were away for basically three ish years after interning. Yeah. And did you catch Aqua Teen in its first season? Like, did you did you see it on the air at any point and say, oh, you know, I, I used to work, you know, on, on Space Ghost. I I knew those guys. Uh, No, I didn't have cable at <laughs> that time. But I was friends with John Breston, who worked on the pilot and he showed it to me and some friends. I liked the intro music. I was like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, they like, oh, it's Schooly D. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I exactly knew who that is, but all right. And that's kind of messed up because it was like not too long after he was like actually famous. But no, I, I didn't really, I didn't see it. You know, I was just kind of working and figuring things out. So then what, what brought you back to uh, get back involved in, in Adult Swim at that point? Well, John was like a friend of mine and like he caught wind that they had a, a PA position that was opening up. He's like, you got to interview for this PA position. You should apply. And I was like, okay. And it definitely will do that because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it worked out and I got it. It's funny. It was like a, it was a huge contrast between when I interviewed when I was an intern because like they brought me into like their office and they just, you know, asked me a few really softball questions and I just choked so hard. Oh. It was just like, you know, what's your favorite movie? What's the movie you've seen recently or whatever? What are you listening to right now? And like, I was just like, um, I don't know. Um. <laughs> and like, none of the jokes I made were landing. Oh, no. Nothing. It was just like, and I can't, and he's like, they're like, yeah, we're, we're looking for a PA. And, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then like, I left that room and I was just like, so deflated. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just, just like, so mad at myself. Cause like, I couldn't get it together and be normal. And just, <laughs> just talk about like, you know, the normal shit right. that I like. Yeah. And um, so like later on in the hall, like, you know, I figured out what I would have said to all the questions. And then like, I, I saw him in the hall and I walked next to him and you know, he's holding papers, whatever doing production things. And I'm like, Hey, I just wanted you to know, this is the movie I like. This is the, the music I like. This is what I would do if I blah, blah, blah. You know, like I, I answered all the questions and like tried to redeem. Yeah, and, yeah. and he was just kind of like, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Ooh. well, you know, at least I put in, you know, you know, at least I, you know, I did the work. So, it's in it's in God's hands, right? Yeah, <laughs> nothing you could do at that point. Yeah, no, I I appreciate you being so honest about this too, especially because I'm familiar with hearing you on commentaries not too long after that, and you seem like a lot more confident and and uh, like you're not as as shy to be there. So it's it's uh nice to hear like the journey, I guess, that you kind of went on when you first started to a little bit later. You started on Aqua Teen at the beginning of season two, which is my favorite season of the show. And um, you started on with Super Birthday Snake, which is the first episode of that season, I assume, as a PA. Um, would you happen to recall that experience, like starting on, on Aqua Teen at that point? I don't remember that episode. I think that episode had been done pretty much by the time I got there. I started in like April or something of 2003. I think that one had already been composited and it was in the can, basically. Okay. And I think I got to watch it and stuff, you know. That was always exciting. And, like, I think the first piece of art I really made, that's one of the reasons they hired me is because I could, you know, Photoshop and stuff. Right, right. I could use Photoshop um, pretty confidently and draw. And, like, the first thing I did was probably, um, it was, like, some toxic waste cans in a a river for the drizzle. Okay, yeah, yeah, for super yeah, that's the second episode. So yeah, for uh superhero. Yeah, yeah, superhero, that's what it's called. That's the first thing I remember. And I remember asking MC Crest questions about how to use Photoshop. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, Man, you're you're screwed. You don't know how to do this. Oh. And I was like, it's like 
I just I just want a little bit of help. Chris, you know? I'm, like, I'm because, new. Just help me. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, you've seen Bob's drawings. They're incredible. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I was pretty confident with it, but not like him, you know. Right. But um, but I figured it out with a little bit of help from Cranky and C. Chris. And, <laughs> and one of the designers across the hall was nice. Jacob Escobedo. I, was, I asked him a question about it, too. And he was like, use brightness contrast. Like I, I, some of the stuff I had never used before in Photoshop. I was, I was like, oh, there's that. <laughs> okay. Right, right. Thanks for sharing that memory. That's really cool. Remembering working all the way back on on Superhero. So one of the reasons I was really excited to talk to you is because of, and we've touched on it a little bit, all of the things that you've done on the show. Because despite the, I mean, most of you guys did more than just one thing, but you've done artwork, music, uh, puppeteering voice work, like all sorts of stuff. So I was hoping we can kind of touch on these aspects a little bit. And uh, you brought up earlier uh, being like inspired by Nirvana to get into music and and playing guitar. So do you still play guitar? I do. Yeah. Yeah. During the pandemic, I like decided I'm going to make a shoegaze band. (laughs) And so so I bought like three guitars and like sampler and all this crap and then it kind of never happened <laughs> it's hard <laughs> i don't know making those bands kind of has to be organic and like i put an ad in craigslist and i got a few people emailing me back but just i don't know it just never really worked out but yeah i mean i still i still play guitar i like it so what kind of what kind of shoegaze bands are you influenced by Nothing too deep cut, just like, you know, My Bloody Valentine and um, Gringo Death Star. I like them a lot. Slow Dive is cool. Um, you know, are you familiar with Shoegaze at all? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, just the usual suspects. Like, I like. So had you been listening to that a lot around the pandemic specifically, or is, is Shoegaze just something that you've always kind of came back to? I mean, I always kind of liked it, but I really liked it i guess in the pandemic i guess it felt the mood it fit the mood a lot stuff like i got my spotify roundup for that year and it was like you listen to loveless forty thousand hours <laughs> i'm like oh god this is kind of embarrassing you're in the top 0.1 percent of listeners of my bloody valentine i'm like is this a, a badge of pride or am like, I just can a i can person? i hide this information public now <laughs> jesus christ I like to hear that because I know for Aqua Teen, you seemingly have done a lot of electronic music. So it's cool to hear, too, that you are kind of also rooted in more guitar based things. Have you always stuck with like a specific DAW, like a, a music program, or do you jump around between them? Like if you're making something for Aqua Teen, for example, in 2007, you did some music for Colin Movie Film. Yeah. Like uh, the beat that MC Chris rapped over, for example. Like what, what would you use for that? That was Reason. I've used Reason for the entire time I've made any electronic music. Yeah, like I my I went over to a friend's house and he showed me how to use Fruity Loops. And I, I'm eternally grateful for that. Because he's like, you could use this or you could buy Reason and you would have this entire effects library and, right. and, and yeah. an entire sample library. And I don't know, it's, it's a really cool interface and it's like, you have the actual physical consoles, you know? Right, yeah. Like, you've got a rack. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can plug in things to different things. That's really interesting. Something I want to ask you, because Dave kind of uh, pointed me in your direction, is for the Aquadonk side pieces, did you do the, like, theme song for that? Which is, like, a little drum beat at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Okay, because it says music by DJ AT and T's. Is that you? Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because I like Googled it. I'm like, nothing's popping up. What is this? Yeah. It's just me. I don't know. Is, is there a reason you didn't want to be credited just by name? I just thought it'd be funnier to be that name. <laughs> well, it's not, it sounds like it's two people. I thought it was like 
a duo or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should use it if you actually paid attention to it. I'm surprised you even asked me that because the, <laughs> the credits in, in that show are just so fast. I know, like, I have illegible. to slow it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, AT&T is just a really great company that has never failed me and has never made horrible decisions that affect hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> so that's why I chose that name. Okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, thanks for shining a light because I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, who who did this music? So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so uh, to to jump to your history as an artist on the show, rumor has it that you created, for example, Boxy Brown, that character, like you did the visual for him. No. You didn't? No. Really? Me. Nope, that was probably Bob. Really? Because he said it was you. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Well, you could put it on your resume if you want, I guess. <laughs> passing it off to you. Interesting. That's okay. weird. Maybe he's worried about being canceled. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Did you ever do any character designs on the show like that? No, that was usually the job of the animation studio. But I've done that occasionally. Like, like I gave them like a ton of Zuccotti designs, and uh, they didn't use them. But they use they use the one from the animation studio. I'm not mad about it. It's right, 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 right. You know. Well, I guess you you need to have a, a word with Bob because he's trying to get you canceled. I guess now <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's passing the blame on to you. I know what. Oh my god, Matt Jenkins. I think it might be might have been him. That maybe. would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Clay. I don't know. That's that's everyone. <laughs> right. That's like everyone else who worked on the show. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I was just surprised because I didn't know that you had really done like character designs. So when he said that, because Boxy Brown growing up was one of my favorite characters. I always thought he was so funny. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it would make more sense if it was like Matt or Clay or, or, or somebody like that. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. So I have here the uh, Super Chunk, the uh, the seven inch oh, wow. with your artwork on it. Supposedly it says on the back, uh, hopefully that's correct as well. Yeah. That, that you did that. So the, the black and white drawing, anybody listening, just check the uh, description. I will include a, an image of this. How did that come about? Did you do this for the seven inch or did you already kind of have this done ahead of time or no, it was for the seven inch. Okay. So they just came to you like, Hey, do you want to do some art for this? Yeah. Dave asked me to do it. And was like, okay, I mean, it's just another day at the office. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. This uh, this seven inch is fun because then Dave he sings the single on the other side uh, as Meatwad, <laughs> so it's really funny. Oh wow! <laughs> and it, ma- it makes my throat hurt just listening to it. I'm like, how did he hit those high notes in that voice? I've never but, uh, actually taken mine out of the rapper. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> give it a spin, man! It's it's uh, pretty good. I assume that artwork is the bulk of what you did on the show, right? As as in uh, as a PA. Yeah, yeah, that's it's mostly that. And I mean, like you know, as a PA, I did, you have to do like transcribing, and I've taken my share of tapes across the street as a PA. Besides those things, besides your uh, music and art and uh, tape carrying skills, <laughs> you also have done some incidental kind of voice work on the show as various characters like uh, Dirtfoot and uh, Uncle Cliff. You later went on to do a voice uh, on Squidbillies. Uh, Billy Morton, I believe, was the character. And then um, on 12 Ounce Mouse, you are, of course, I. So growing up, like, did you ever have any aspirations to voice act? Like, is that ever something that you were interested in before being put in those positions? No, I always like just drawing and kind of behind the scenes thing i never had high enough self-esteem to 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 fancy myself an actor or a leading man or whatever you know well i have a a fan question here uh from listener carson and carson wants to know what your favorite of your incidental voice lines on aqua teen were to do i know it was a lot of yelling but like was there was there any sort of uh voice recording session on aqua teen specifically that you have like fond memories of I guess the first one uh, I got I got the the biggest kick out of it was like the Muffin Man and the cloning. 
Right. Yeah. 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 It was just me. <laughs> yeah. Just me yeah, you weren't, yeah. You weren't like putting on a voice. It's just like a pretty like. <laughs> it was just me being chipper. Yeah. Like, yeah. Great yeah. news. You you both made the cheerleading squad. <laughs> yes. and, and then like they blow up or something. I can't remember. <laughs> they, I think Frylock kills kills your character. He like blows his head yeah, off after yeah. delivering the good news. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you you've so you've also done voice acting. You've also done sewing. I hand sewed that dirt foot costume. Did you really? Yeah, I, I handmade that. Except for the foot, we commissioned that. I there was some guy that made you know pieces for like uh, haunted houses and stuff, uh-huh. and he made the foot. And I was so nervous about that getting that done. They're like, here, make make this costume. I was like, okay, what the fuck? As in, like, it's like a lot of pressure on you, especially to be working with this, like, professionally made foot. Yeah, yeah. Or just like, they just threw me that, David and I just threw me that. They're like, here, make this costume happen. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Sure. So I'm in my house, like, sewing this fake fur. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and but mm-hmm. i mean it turned out pretty cool and they're like all right now wear it <laughs> and jump around in this ravine in the summer <laughs> and i didn't make eye holes in it so that was oh so they're yeah. directing me like, <laughs> like uh, look that way look this way right. jump higher oh and I was like, okay I but that was that was pretty fun that the costume is still around the office somewhere you also did some puppetry on the show for example we could see you and there's some uh, behind the scenes special features. We see photographs of you at like a bowling alley doing stuff for like an in universe show, doing some puppeteering there. Yeah, that was for Universal Remaster. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then also, of course, you. My understanding is you you directed the Zuccotti Manicotti bits. Is that correct? Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to David Stevens because he oh. is the puppeteer, and he made the the puppets. For, gotcha. for Zuccotti Manicotti. Right, right, right. Yeah, He's he has really like awesome. a, a really cool blog post about it. He goes into detail and there's like pictures of you guys and things like that. Yeah. He's worked on like Sesame Street and stuff. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't I know think. that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has. Did you ever like, were you interested in doing things with puppets before that? Or or was it just another thing kind of thrusted upon you? Um, Yeah, it was just a thing that was thrust upon me. I, you know, like I never really thought I would be in working in TV. Right, sure. I, I just did. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just uh, found yourself there. I mean, it, it's funny because like, it sounds like you solved a lot of their problems. So it's funny to hear you saying like, "Oh, I never thought I would make it there" or anything like that. You had you know low self esteem with it, but mm-hmm. like how much you brought to the show and how much better you made the show. It's like crazy to think that uh, that could not have happened in a way. You know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I did a, a bunch of things. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I mean, like, like you know, Dave, like the, you're almost notorious for being so multifaceted. Like Dave referred to you as, as uh, Aqua Teen Swiss Army Knife. I think Bob Pettit called you a uh, jack of all trades. Uh, my term for you, I hope you like this. Uh, I like to call you a Renaissance man. Oh, uh, you <laughs> do a little <laughs> bit of everything. Again, that's why I was so excited to talk to you, just because of of all these things. But uh, it's so interesting to me to learn now that you weren't necessarily trying to do a lot of these things. You just got thrown into the situation and it was like sink or swim. And it se- it seems like you swum because it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I, I did things I never thought I'd be able to do, especially the voice acting stuff. I was just, I was surprised that they used it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And, and obviously with your voice acting, like between shows, like I, I was asking specifically about like your Aqua Teen experience because doing something on Aqua Teen is different than your career as playing I on Twelve Ounce Miles, which is much more of a real character than than something on Aqua Teen, which is like an incidental, maybe just a yell for Uncle Cliff or or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, right. Go going into play I, were you nervous for that because you don't really consider yourself a voice actor? No, because I was with Matt, and you know, I he's just someone I saw every day all the time and I worked with all the time and um now I was just I was really just comfortable with him you know I didn't feel too self-conscious about it or anything and everyone else working you know oh was that was doing voices for that show were just people from the office yeah yeah they would just drag you guys in there it sounded like mm-hmm. yeah so and I mean didn't feel like I was put on the spot or anything it was just like oh this is just another thing gotcha Gotcha. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, if they had cold called me and be like, be this voice, you know, it would have been like a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, if I didn't know them and stuff, 
Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I would be yeah. shitting my pants <laughs> for sure. You started off as a as a production assistant on Aqua Teen, and then of course later became like a like an associate producer, and then you became uh, like an actual producer, a full fledged producer and editor. And not many people have done that because I, I'm always reading like the credits on every episode, and you and like John Breston are the only people that I know that did that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe there was somebody else, but like, what is it about you specifically you think that led to you thriving within Matt and Dave's universe? I guess because you've worked on so many of their shows. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just being really flexible. I guess helps and not having an ego. I guess like having a big ego anyways, you know, cause I don't know. They, they give notes. It's not like a crazy amount or anything. Nothing really unreasonable. I feel like, you know, but you have to do the notes. <laughs> right. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And they're, I don't know. Dave's usually right about them. I feel like, uh, so I don't know. You just kind of trust them. Uh, but just put your own energy and creativity in there at the same time. But don't force your hand too much, I guess. Just being a team player and not being trying to, like, a grandstand or whatever. Or just, like, make it yours instead of theirs. I don't know. It's like my job, is. I just feel like I won the job lottery, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as, a, as a fan of your work and the shows that you've worked on, it's always nice to hear things like that, that how much, like, you appreciate doing that work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really do. And it was it was kind of lost on me. The um the how exceptional that show is that you know that it went on for like like 16 years or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean that just doesn't really happen ever. But it did and I just kind of was like, "Oh, this is I guess this is how it goes." It's like yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it is not how it goes at all. You know, especially now with testing people are like oh this doesn't test so well let's chop it you know like mm-hmm. i mean i don't think our network does it quite as bad as you know like others right but still you know they they weigh it into consideration and stuff and it can you know it can kill something before it gets a chance to breathe i don't think aqua team would have been what it was if they had just tested the shit out of it and just been like oh well this isn't this let's no you know, before I got an audience or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have another question, a fan question for you from Carson again. Carson wants to know on Aqua Teen, what was different from being a production assistant, an associate producer, and regular producer slash editor? So I guess, like, like, how did your job kind of evolve as you got these like new titles? I mean, an associate producer, my. I nothing was the same. I just got paid more, you know. It was just kind of like a reward. It's like, okay, you're doing good. Here you go. Mm-hmm. That makes and sense. Um, yeah, and the I I made producer after I started directing all these DVD commercials. <laughs> the, oh, okay. Yeah. Do you remember the the um the Carl's and drag DVD commercial? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I directed yeah. in that and conceptualized oh, okay. that and um, edited it and everything. Mm-hmm. I made the song. I made the remix to the Aqua Unit Patrol Squad song for that. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah, that was so fun to work on. Um, those were great. Um, and then people stopped buying DVDs. So <laughs> right, we couldn't right. make them anymore. I made like right. four or five. Well, I was going to say, because on the podcast... Uh, while going along with the episodes, I also go through like DVD features and things like that. And so much of the DVD features that you guys did are, in my opinion, as funny as the show itself was. And it's such a bummer that that opportunity got taken away once DVDs kind of weren't as popular anymore. It's like we just all that content just stopped, you know, existing. Really, you guys weren't able to do little things like that so much anymore. Yeah, it's yeah, it sucks. Just the money's not there anymore. But that that how I got that DVD commercial gig was like, they were um, just shoveling thousands of dollars to this dude in LA or something to make these promos. And he just really phoned one in to the point that they got angry. Oh, wow. Like we gave you this much money and this is what you gave us. Right. And so they're like, here, Nick, do this for no money. 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I'm like, how much, how many thousands of dollars are they gonna throw at you for that? I mean, they, they, they didn't give it to me, but like, you know, I they gave me a budget and I spent it on, you know, getting a voiceover from the early Kyler for the the DVD commercial and stuff, and I made something that was a little like better, I guess. And then so I got the 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 budgets for the other ones. I guess it's expensive to live in LA. And you, right, that makes <laughs> so sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm for just sure. gonna like put a few clips together, and then a, you know, put a weak ass video over it, and then send it back, <laughs> and hope they don't get angry. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, oh. So I have a, another question for you. This is from Ian, who runs CorndogCentral.com, which is like a 12 ounce mouse fan site. But Ian has a has an Aqua Teen question. His question is: I've always had a feeling that the name Ignignoct came from someone trying and failing to pronounce Inkatanawat. Uh-huh. Can you confirm or deny? Oh, uh, I wish I could confirm, but that's that's not true. Okay, gotcha. Well, because I, I figured like Matt and Dave had worked with you by because you were you <clears throat> interned in 99, right? So I like, did, yeah. But, but by the, So I, I would think by the time they made that character, they had known your last name. So Yeah, I wasn't around for that. So that's right. But, I, you know, if I'm like, out somewhere and someone asks me i say yes because it's more exciting <laughs> like hell yeah i was <laughs> i actually yeah. picked the name that was me they <laughs> really love me i'm so cool what was your reaction to aqua Teen getting canceled in 2015 um i was just confused <laughs> really i mean it really sucked and um i was a little excited i was like what do i do now you know this is a cool opportunity i guess to do something else but you know i was very sad about it very confused at the same time because like the show basically i mean i don't want to minimize the work we did but it you know it made itself you know it was just like a machine right you know there was no drama there was no there was never bullshit in you know the production line and the production process it was always just you know it was always getting made and made on time and it made money. And, you know, it, it was off the heels of like that, har- like a Hardee's promotion they did. I think where Carl's naked with a burger or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like eating it like on a, on the top of his car or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Like that had, that had barely been a year after that. And I'm sure that made a lot of, they, they paid a good money for that. And like now they're canceling it and it's still relevant, you know, it's still culturally relevant show. And, I don't know. I was just really confused. And... Right, right. Well, I guess uh, the inverse of that is then what was your reaction in 2020 being contacted about Aquadonk side pieces and Plantasm? How, like, what were you doing when you found out that it was coming back? I think it was maybe on the hills of the 12 ounce season re- revival or whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think it was like kind of during that that they announced that maybe. And so I think I kind of just went from that 12 out season to making Aquadonk. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I w- it wasn't surprising since, like, if they're going to make 12 outs again, they would make this yeah. <laughs> monolith show mm-hmm. again. So I, I wasn't surprised, but, you know, I was really excited to be working on it again. For sure. I guess speaking of 12 ounce mouse, because you worked a little bit on Squidbillies as well as 12 ounce mouse. So Dave's other show and Matt's other show. Can you maybe summarize like what the working environments on Squidbillies was versus 12 ounce mouse? Uh, I mean, honestly, I did very little on Squidbillies. I did like a little bit of art for them in the very beginning. And uh, after that, not much, you know, I would watch cuts occasionally. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really, really do anything on that was that by your choice like were you more interested in something like 12 ounce mouse than squidbillies no i mean they, they just didn't give me any work from it okay i see you know i i don't i don't really know why i didn't ask for it either i mean i gave them i gave them my halloween photo where i dressed as a juggalo for one of the episodes 
because like <laughs> they had a juggalo episode right and uh yeah my i dressed up as a juggalo for halloween and gave them the picture it, it was that. like a it was a good picture like one of my friends is a professional photographer and she took it and so and they're like cool we'll use it and so <laughs> like they they're like a gathering of the juggalos or something and right i'm in there that's as much work as i did like in the last like 12 years or whatever of that show but of course i did a lot more in, in um in uh the tallest mouse yeah and the iron yeah that's a very free form environment i guess mm-hmm. like matt that like he has like minimal direction usually for things well i heard a story that like he would just sit there with his guitar and you guys would come to him with ideas and then he would just like play some notes or something like that and then you'd have to guess <laughs> how he felt based on that i don't know if that's true or not but that's what i've heard um that's not what i remember he did play guitar a lot for sure <laughs> um maybe that was john's experience mm-hmm. you know i could see him just hanging out in the in the edits we do that i can i can imagine that very easily yeah i i had to ask him to put the guitar down when i interviewed him because he would i, I would ask him a question he would just play some notes and i'm like matt this isn't gonna work <laughs> <laughs> He's he's so nice to the point where I would pitch him an idea about a thing and he just wouldn't reply instead of saying no. <laughs> it is so frustrating. I'm like, just say no. It's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. It's- You're like, did you see it even? Like, did you see what I sent you? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I know. No. And I sent a follow-up email and then like, you know, he's dodge it but yeah I was sure. like, okay i guess that's a no i finally got it after <laughs> two weeks or whatever it is you know it's it's okay to say no is the moral of the story so if you could go back to 2003 and give yourself advice with everything that you know now in terms of working on aqua teen what advice would you give yourself i don't know things worked out just fine just kind of doing it the way it did it so Maybe uh, put some eye holes in that in that dirt foot costume. That's a good, yeah. That would have been great <laughs> advice. Are there any other like Adult Swim shows that you wish that you got to work on, but that you didn't? Yeah, Rick and Morty. <laughs> right. Well. Well. Okay. Is that is that because you just wanted to work on it, or is that because it, it looks good on a resume? No, because I I think the first few seasons are like genius. I was like, I saw it, and I like, I just got mad because it was so good it's such a good story and, and so well written i was like <laughs> <laughs> you know you know it just like it felt like you know just an unattainable thing to to write that for mm-hmm. me so right. i i wish i maybe worked on that you know um so what would you say is your proudest achievement with your time on aqua teen like what's the one thing that you are the most proud of I guess because it was kind of out of, you know, my comfort zone is uh, on the episode Spy, uh, Meatwad watches this kid's show. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, there's like a clown singing a song and that's me. And that's my voice. Well, you want some baloney? What do you say? Thank you. Are you a good boy? Yes, sir. Are you a bad boy? No, sir. And I originally was going to ask Eddie Ray, this guy in the office. I don't know. I was going to ask him to be the clown. And one of my coworkers is like, no, just do it yourself. Just do it yourself. Don't give screen time to other people. I was like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> so I, I put on the costume and the makeup and, and did it myself and kind of got out of my comfort zone and was on camera and... Surprisingly enough, Vishal, like, I don't know, have people talked about Vishal that much in this? Uh, yeah, yeah. He is a character. Um, but he was the live producer, you know, basically my manager, more or less, 
but yeah, he was in it too. And he's like, I'm going to be a puppy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's, he's in there like uh, in a full puppy costume and makeup. He's like, I want professional makeup for this. And so, he, yeah, he's like <laughs> professional puppy makeup. And he's like licking the puppets and stuff and just <laughs> jumps in the two feet into this character. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're like, Vishal, you're, you're enjoying this too much. <laughs> yeah, he had a great time. Um, yeah, he, he loves loved Disney and stuff like that. And Michael Jackson. And I don't know, he loved entertainment. And so he, the song that you're talking about, is that is, is your voice like pitch shifted up for that? No. <laughs> that's my oh wait no no it is in some part because there's a recording of you online singing a song and i feel like it might be that one that it like, is it's okay yeah, yeah yeah i've seen that <laughs> yeah yeah that was me but yeah i made i made that whole video uh portion like soup to nuts like in the in the song and everything so yeah i guess i'm proud of that yeah I'm, I'm excited to cover that on the podcast but It'll be a few years, I think, because that's later on. <laughs> that's down down the line on the show. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, jump in. I just have a few last rapid fire questions for you here. Some of your favorite things. Uh, what is your favorite band and or album? That's Gilberto. That's my favorite album. It's a Bossa Nova album. It's a really famous Bossa Nova album that uh, a lot of people love. Uh, you should check it out. It's super chill. And you can kind of listen to it like anytime. Se você disser que eu desafino amor Saiba que isto em mim provoca imensa dor Só privilegiados têm ouvido igual ao seu Eu possuo apenas o que Deus me deu Se você insiste... Yeah, it's great. Um... Gus Gilberto and I guess like Loveless by My Bloody Valentine's a close second. I mean, you're the top uh, 0.1% listener, so <laughs> right. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. And then, let's see, I've been listening to a band called Wednesday a lot recently. They're from Asheville. They're like, they're kind of like, almost like country grunge, maybe. Oh, interesting. I like the sound of that. Yeah, but more grunge than country for sure. They have like a slide guitar player. Yeah, they're really good. They're touring a lot. Um, they're getting big. So jump on the bandwagon. Uh, favorite film and or TV show? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, that's might, a good one. Might be even my favorite film. That or our uh, Fantastic Planet, that animated movie that came out like in the 70s. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, it's great. If you are a fan of animation, you should definitely check it out. It's uh, at the time they made it, the the cheapest place to make animation was like Czechoslovakia or some shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> like somewhere yeah. in Europe. It's, the art is like really, really interesting, and they it took a lot of work. I don't think they would be able to make it today just because of the, the level of detail. It's like crosshatch shading and stuff, but for a feature length, you know. But uh, it's really cool and just very. It really takes you to another place. For sure. Uh, do you have a favorite TV show that you want to shout out? I like Six Feet Under a lot. <laughs> it's very good. I watched. Uh, I liked Better Things a lot. I thought that was great, especially the first few seasons are really, really good. It has a lot of heart. Oh, the um, specifically the Black Mirror episode San Junipero. I really like. Do you have a favorite book? I was an English major, and I I read a lot. For that yeah. and then uh-huh. I graduated in the night. I've read maybe like four books since I graduated okay. college. <laughs> which is kind of terrible. I mean you you got all of your reading out of the way early. That's I why know. That you don't have to read anymore now. I was just hate reading books after a while and just like underlying things and just like, you know, take an inventory of 
literary devices they would use and stuff so I could write mm-hmm. a paper. That's like right. why I was reading anything. Yeah, you're just being forced into it at that point. Yeah, yeah you're just like making a list to, to make like a, a paper later. And so I, I kind of like didn't find any joy in reading for a long time. And I guess I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> but but some some books I, I read uh perks of a wallflower i guess in the oh, last okay. eight years and mm-hmm. i like that book and then last but not least because you have worked on this show about fast food characters what is your favorite fast food restaurant <sighs> uh chipotle because it's a good one yeah because i'm old and i don't want to eat fried stuff and <laughs> all right well thanks nick is there anything else that maybe you you want to like talk about that we didn't touch on oh you asked me about judith dre construction oh yeah yeah i did i forgot to ask you about that yeah do you know anything about who judith dre is i know exactly who that is i'm surprised they didn't tell you i'm sure they know because it ties in kind of with uh gee whiz there's all that stuff about standards and practices and Mm -hmm. how you know they were just very it was hard to get anything through you know well the legal department is kind of the same a long time ago you know, um, and Judith Dre worked in the legal department and shot down so many jokes <laughs> that, they, that they, she ended up making it in an episode. So they were like, oh, yeah, well, like, how about this? <laughs> well, um, she made it in two episodes. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they kind of got their revenge by <laughs> putting her name in the show. That's what you get. That's what you get. Yeah. Telling Aqua Teen no. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. It's she's just a, a lawyer. And uh, yeah, she was a nice person, though. I deliver tapes in Judith Dre's office. Many oh, times. really? <laughs> yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> I should get her on the podcast. Oh, yeah, you should. <laughs> I wonder if she would remember anything. I don't know. It's been a long time. She was one of the few people I saw in the company that wore a suit to work every day. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. She's always wearing like an attorney suit. She took it seriously. Yeah, no one in our office. Like when we saw someone with a suit coming in, Williams Drew, like, oh shit, things are, this is not good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, is there anything that you would like to plug or anything? Because as far as I could tell, you're not really online. So, I don't know if you have like, if you want me to direct people to like a Twitter account that I don't know about or. Or an Instagram, or is there just anything that you wanna wanna plug? Yeah, I don't have a a public persona or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think that's just it's a good way to get fired from a a giant corporation. You know, I mean, you just say the wrong thing once, and it's poof. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know. I am in a band called Sweet Fiend. I don't know if you want to plug that. Yes, I play like guitar. Okay, I found you. Okay, I'll link that. Yeah, I'll play some of your music in the episode. Okay. You're like, no, I'll sue your ass. Don't put that in there. (laughs) All right. I decided not to include any Sweet Fiend in this episode just because it's not Nick's band. Like, he's just a member of it. So I wasn't sure if if the whole band would be okay with that. And I know you're probably thinking, well, you played other music in the episode. Well, yeah, those are professional bands. Uh, When you have a smaller band, maybe they don't want their their earlier work around forever. So I'm respecting that. But Sweet Fiend are very good. Money Talks, Bullshit Walks. I actually bought their cassette tape over on their Bandcamp. I really dig their sound. So check the link in the description if you would like to check out some Sweet Fiend. If you dug any of the music in this episode, then you will like them. Check them out. Thank you so much, Nick, for for sharing so much, being so open and honest throughout the entire conversation. And Nick comes in clutch, telling us finally who Judith Dre is. Of course, you may have heard me asking other people about Judith Dre in interviews here and then speculating about her on the podcast, because in two episodes in season two, we see her name in the episodes in both Revenge of the Trees and Kidney Car, and I always wanted to know who it was. Now, we have a final concrete answer. I really enjoyed Nick's story, so when I went into interviewing him, I assumed because of the multiple things he did on Aqua Teen, that he was like, yeah, I'll do I'll do the music, I'll do some voice acting. Like, he w- was, like, offering to do these things, but that was not the case, as we heard. Nick got thrown into these things that he really had no experience with or, or no interest in in some cases, but the job had to get done. Nick was given the job, and as we know, he got them done. So that was a very big surprise to me 
that his story isn't exactly you know how I, how I anticipated it being, how I pictured it being. He wasn't getting into Aqua Teen to be this jack of all trades. He just became one throughout his his work on the show, and I think the reason that he thrived there so well is. He just seems like a nice guy who who's willing to try, and and that goes a long way. So another thing Nick touched on here that I appreciated was getting into his low self esteem, getting into Aqua Teen. Like you know, he he felt unqualified and, and things like that. And that's definitely something I can relate to before starting this podcast. And it's just like you know, working on Aqua Teen helped Nick's self confidence. Doing this podcast has helped me as well, particularly. Thanks to kind words from from you listening, but also from people who worked on the show have said very nice things about the podcast. So I feel like Nick and I kind of have that in common that, you know, getting into this, it's like, I mean, you've heard me on the podcast. I've talked about doing music and art and things like that, but I don't do any of those things professionally really because of, of a lack of self-confidence. But doing this podcast, I'm like, hey, maybe I don't suck. Maybe I'm actually okay at this kind of thing. So Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nick. Again, check out his band Sweet Fiend. They are very good. Link in the description. Thank you again, Nick, for coming on the podcast. And thank you for listening. And of course, thank you to those subscribed over at the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden. The Moonmasters over there pitching in $1, $5, $10 a month. Even crazy ass Nick pitching in $50 a month to keep this podcast going. It really, truly helps. I'm just one person doing this, and you guys make a world of difference. So, of course, got to give some shout-outs here. Thank you again to our Highlander. There can be only one! Nick, you're a beast. Thank you so much. And thank you to our number one in the Hoodgie tier patrons, Sean Ian, Captain Buford, Robison, Jason, and Carl. You guys can look at my boobies during our interview any day of the week. I'll see you next week for more Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Take it easy. Keep it cool. Bye-bye. Oh, here we go. <laughs> That's a bad habit I got from being in that office. Like, like you know, my first year there, like, I guess maybe like the first couple of weeks I was, you know, I was sharing an office with Andy Merrill mm-hmm. and he burped all the time. And I thought <laughs> he was so cool. I was like, oh my God, it's Brack. It's Andy Merrill. Yeah, the legend, yeah. and he burps all the time. I'm gonna burp all the time, <laughs> and so like, <laughs> gotta be like Andy. I know, and so like, you know, I got in this bad habit of just like walking down the hall, just like, repping him, and uh-huh. and yeah, I don't, I think it messed me up. I don't really know. <laughs> it it changed the chemical balance of your brain to just be like, yep, just uh, uh-huh. gotta be like Andy. Yeah, and I tried to re- rein it in, you know, like ten years into this job, I'm like, oh, this is just disgusting. <laughs> I just got this really terrible habit from thinking Andy is cool, and and but no, I I can't. I think I messed up my gastrointestinal shit. Oh no! <laughs> um, God, oh, that was a weird aside. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate it. What are we talking about? Uh, just just why it is that uh, you thrived so much in, in in that that work environment? I guess I guess it's because you like burping so much. <laughs> it was the uh, burping. They're like, let's keep let's promote them. Shit. The burping is my edge, you know, <laughs> like everyone else can't even compete.